Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking where to travel in 2017. Okay, so it's 2017. You guys are probably planning like, okay, where am I going to travel to this year? And uh, this this is the time of year that so many magazines and websites and whatnot, 
that they pick their favorite places that are the hippest places, the coolest places, the places people haven't traveled to. They pick their travel list. And so we came up with our own travel list this year for 2017 uh, that we looked at all these different places and go, oh, yeah, these are places that we think you guys would really like uh, to travel to, maybe you haven't thought of, uh, maybe you even never even heard of. Um, and actually, there's a couple places I go, oh, yeah, I'm, I've never traveled there, and I, but I've heard some good things about it. So... So let's just jump into where we want to, where we are looking to travel to in 2017, and where are all kinds of other places people looking at to travel to in 2017. And Shauna, what's your first place? Well, you know, I mean, everybody always <clears throat> wants to travel to Italy, right? You think of Venice, you think of Rome, um, Milan, maybe, and Tuscany, and kind of all those beautiful regions. But I think one of the coolest places to travel to in 2017 is a place in Italy called Parma. And and most people know Parmesan cheese, or they might know prosciutto or Parma ham. Um, These are all of some of my very, very, very favorite foods. But they don't think there's an actual place in Italy called Parma, Italy. But, But it is true. And Parma is kind of an undiscovered, you know, location, but a lot of people are now flocking to Parma because it's really affordable. It's in a really kind of central area of of Italy, and it obviously has a lot to offer. Parma was actually recently named the world's first creative city of gastronomy, which is the first city in Italy to actually receive this honor. And that just means the food's going to be really good, right? It's home of Parma ham, home of Parmesan cheese. Uh, There's lots of pasta going on. So, you know, this actually really isn't a great place for vegans to travel to. But if you do love meat, Parma should definitely be on your list. Like I said, it's in a really good spot in Italy. It's between Milan and Florence. So, you know, you can come and visit Parma and then you can go, you know, visit one of those bigger cities. And there's a little bit of everything here. It's by a river, there's theater, there's artists, cafes, uh, music. So no matter what you love to enjoy, there's a little bit of it in Parma for you to experience. And actually, one of their famous uh, Teatro Reggio, if I'm pronouncing that right, is one of the uh, oldest legendary opera houses in Italy. And I just read story after story of people coming to Parma and, you know, salivating on the amazing food and then going to check out this opera house and just feeling like they were having, you know, a really cool experience that they're not going to get in any other part of Italy. I mean, you got cheese, you got meat, you got opera, you got some wine. Uh, that sounds like a, a great combination to me. So I have not been to Italy. Um, it's definitely on our list to to travel to soon. You've been before, uh, but I want to. I definitely want to check this out. First on my list that I have is uh, the entire country of Canada. Um, the reason why I, I put this on there is that Canada is actually celebrating their 150th anniversary as a country. And then they are also celebrating 100 years of their national parks, much like we celebrated our 100-year anniversary of national parks last year. Uh, Canada is doing that uh, this year. They're celebrating that. And uh, this year, Canada, from they're, they're celebrating on July 1st, but starting like now, that you could actually travel to any of the national parks in Canada for free. Admission is free. And some of them, you know, there's some of them are like seven bucks. Some of them are a little bit more. Uh, so you can go to any national park all throughout Canada, and they have so many uh, for free this year. And so I think that's a really good incentive uh, to to go to Canada. 
Yeah, and and Canada is is really beautiful and you know really remarkable place. And I think if if you know going to these national parks is definitely something that you love to do, um, what better way to experience Canada and all of its beauty than to go to all these parks for free, save some money, and um, you know maybe stay somewhere nice while you're you know kind of dotting around Canada. Yeah, and we went to Canada uh, last year on, on a train trip and to several different cities. And one of the, the last places, one of the last places we ended up was at was Banff, and which is a very popular place. And one of the places that a lot of travel magazines are saying this year that you really want to travel to, um, Banff in Canada, which is kind of near Calgary. It is just a beautiful city. Um, and they have a lot of really great restaurants, r- amazing hotels. Um, we, we went to that open spa, um, and we're actually going to be doing a episode all on BAMP coming up soon. Um, but we didn't get to explore that much because there was rain when we were there. So uh, so we just decided to relax, and we went to, to the open uh, spa and everything. So another p- couple places that, that you may want to check out, um, Cape Brent- Brenton Highlands National Park in Nova Scotia. Uh, it's known for its world-class whale watching, and uh, they—I believe—they have a whale watching kind of year-round. How we do on the, on the California coast, there's they have different migrations and stuff, and it's it's really known for that. And that's a really awesome place to check out. And then Grasslands National Park, which is one of the world's largest dark sky preserves, where there's so little light population around, you know, the, the area and stuff that you can you you could sit on a blanket and see just about every star that there is. Is, um, and you, you, know, you almost feel like you could actually uh, touch the, sc- the stars is what they say. So that's something I would really love to go check out. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty awesome. Um, next on my list, I have a little bit of a Europe theme going here, is a place called Leipzig, Germany. And this is kind of sp- popped up on all of these different lists all over the place. And um, it is a real kind of affordable alternative to Europe. So if you're thinking of going to Germany or um, Paris or London or places like that, but maybe, you know, you just can't fit it in your budget, really look at Leipzig. Um, It's a city that has it all, good food, a young vibe, a nightlife, activities, water, um, with a real kind of grunge hipster scene. And um, there, there's these splashes of graffiti kind of all over Leipzig, but it's done in a real, you know, artistic way. And it is fast becoming, you know, what they're calling the new Berlin or what locals are calling it the better Berlin, actually. And so Leipzig sits just south of, of the capital and it, it's small, but it's got a vibe very akin to, you know, Berlin and a lot of the really trendy neighborhoods in Berlin. There's also a surge of of a young art scene in Leipzig that's very unique and uh, very different to this area, which has a lot of people coming there to see. And, you know, all the locals say that it's really just sort of evolved naturally, and uh, that's really what they like about it. It's kind of cool community art scene that is developed, and, you know, there aren't all these big, huge art galleries there that maybe you would find in some of the bigger cities. It's really about, you know, people and kind of their way of expressing art. But one of the things I thought was really cool is um, there are these, these kind of old cars. I think they were around... I don't know, maybe the 70s or the 80s called yeah. the Trabant. Yeah. And one of the things you can do is actually a trip around Leipzig in a traditional Trabant, Germany car. It's really the symbol of former East Germany. 
And you can do a really cool kind of city tour, which, you know, is way cooler than going on any, you know, kind of bus tour that that you would go on. And it's just a really unique way, again, to remind yourself that you're in Germany and also to remind yourself of the history of Germany. Well, if, if you're in that kind of car, you're almost in, a, in your own time machine, too. So, uh, yeah, Germany is a place I haven't traveled to a lot. I've been to a few cities, um, but I've been to a lot of Visit Germany. My friends at Visit Germany events, and uh, they say Leipzig is definitely a millennial heaven, a haven there that uh, you want to travel to. It's, pr- it's pretty cheap to, to, to go there. Um, there's a lot of really great restaurants, and it is also a very gay-friendly city. It's, it is the gayest friendliest city if you will in germany is what they tell me uh even though berlin and, and a lot of other cities are, are that way as well too but uh it's it's, it's definitely a, a really cool place uh that that they say you I, we want to check out yeah and you know one of the great things about parma and about especially leipzig is you know you can get a really killer hotel room for under a hundred dollars pretty much any time of the year. And in Leipzig, it is full of really funky Airbnbs that I checked out. And I I popped up a bunch of different dates to see, you know, maybe when there was more of a peak season. And it seemed to be, you know, pretty consistent around the same price. So, you know, if if you can score an amazing airfare deal, you know, over to to check out Leipzig, you know, you can get a really good Airbnb or hotel and and really experience Europe in in a cool way, you know, certainly without bursting the bu- budget or to have more money to maybe go travel, you know, somewhere else in Europe and make it kind of a two or three city stop. Yeah, and I also think it's it's pretty central. Uh, I think we were researching this last year that I think it's pretty central to get to Paris by train, get to Berlin by train, um, not to not to, you know, and so, as well as some other places around there too uh, that don't take too long from Leipzig. So I think that that's a great choice if you, if you're looking for an alternative place in Europe. I think that is a, a cool one. Uh, another place we're we'll just keep going in, in Europe here, uh, but the, now let's go over to Scandinavia and. Uh, I've traveled around Sweden, a lot of different uh, cities, a lot of different towns and stuff, and there's not too many places I don't like in, in, in Sweden. I love Sweden. I think it's a great country. And uh, one of the hot places right now is Western Sweden. Um, coming up next week, we're actually going to be featuring another city in Sweden, Stockholm, their capital, and the capital of Scandinavia, actually, is what they call it. Uh, it was the first time Shauna actually went to Sweden, and we both loved this last trip that we went in November uh, but Western Sweden, it's all along the coast there. Um, there's a lot of islands and um, places you can, you can travel and, and hang out there. And Gothenburg, which is actually the second largest city in Sweden, um, I've been there and loved it. It's it's a lot smaller than um, than Stockholm, and Stockholm's not the biggest city, but it is it is great. Gothenburg is a really great city. And their food scene and their hotels have really improved. I was last I was there in 2010, and since then it's just just been booming. Um, that now a lot more Michelin star restaurants have been popping up. A lot of other different diverse restaurants uh, for where before it was mainly you know Swedish cu- cuisine and stuff, and now it's it's very diverse. Um, I've even heard there's even some great uh, Mexican restaurants and some Asian restaurants, just like there are in Stockholm. So this is just a really great area of of uh, of the country to hang out, especially if you went during spring or summer. You could really get out on a boat. You can go do some swimming. You can go, you know, go do some sightseeing and or just even just chill and relax uh, in a lot of the different islands. If you go by boat and you do some sailing there. 
the cool thing that I, I love about Sweden, and especially this part of Sweden, uh, if you go by sailboat and stuff, that you'll you can check out a lot of little. There's small little islands, and people have little summer homes on these islands, or you could even stop, and then there's you know you can go grab. Um, you know, some food or whatever, some some drinks or something like that. So uh, I really love this part of of the country, and I think it it's going to be one of those you know hot little tickets. And and right now the dollar is really good in Sweden, isn't it? Yeah the the dollar. I mean, the dollar is really strong to most currencies around the world. Which again, I mean, I we just can't say it enough. It's really the time if you have money in your budget or you can set aside you know, some extra funds over, you know, six or nine months to get out and explore because there are so many deals around and um, places are just, you know, slashing hotel prices and airfare prices right and left um, just because, you know, they need tourists to go and and travel to some of these places. So, you know, I I would definitely um, put that on your radar. But as we're talking about islands, um, if, if it's not Europe, uh, you know, I, I always want to go somewhere that's tropical. And the problem is that right now Zika happens to be literally everywhere. And so that takes out, you know, a lot of the Caribbean and Mexico and a lot of places where, um, you know, you might want to travel to in 2017. So if you're, you know, in that zone where you're thinking about getting pregnant or you, you might want to get pregnant in the next few years and you want to totally avoid Zika altogether. Or if you just don't want to get Zika. Or, yes, if you just <laughs> don't that. really want to get Zika. Um, Bermuda is actually one of the places you should look at. So over the past nine months, Bermuda has actually seen a double-digit growth in the number of visitors under age 45. They're calling it kind of the new millennial beach location because it's Zika-free beaches. And Bermuda lies in the North Atlantic, you know, close to the East Coast, New York, Boston, all of those. So it really is kind of outside of the zone for, um, for Zika. And obviously that makes it, you know, great place to put on your list, but you don't just travel to Bermuda because there isn't Zika, right? There has to be other things there. And I have actually never been to Bermuda. When I think about Bermuda, I think about like James Bond or, you know, something like super exclusive, but Bermuda now is literally becoming because there are so many millennials, you know, flocking to enjoy the beaches. There's so much more to do in Bermuda now. And a lot of the hotels that are cropping up are offering really affordable rates to, you know, lure a younger demographic to Bermuda. Yeah, well, they also had a financial crisis a couple of years ago, and now they've started to rebuild that. Bermuda was like totally popular, just like you said, like in the sixties and seventies, like with James Bond and, and other movies, that had made it more popular. And then, then they went through a slump. And they, but the last a few years ago, they went through a financial crisis, and they, now they've really rebounded. And also, just like you were saying about the East Coast, it's really if you're on the East Coast, it's sometimes an hour or two flight from some of those East Coast cities. Yeah, and one of the really popular um, one of the really popular things to do in Bermuda is actually to rent a scooter to get around kind of the the really small. I mean, it's a very tiny island, um, and they're known for their pink sand beaches. One of the most um, written about is actually called Elbow Beach, and it has just got crystal clear waters. And to everyone I know who's been there, just says it is one of the most beautiful sights you will ever see. Um, 
again, there's a lot of swanky hotels that are popping up. They're offering really good rates. Uh, Fairmont has a couple of hotels there as well. Um, so it's just a real, you know, laid back place. And I think now, you know, they're really embracing the fact that they're Zika free and that there's going to be kind of this younger demographic traveling to Bermuda. And they're really trying to entice people with, you know, lots of different activities if you don't just want to lay on the beach, which is really the only activity I want to do when I'm at, at these locations. But I, I, I know that, you know, other people like a little bit more cultural activity. So they're really trying to kind of develop those and, and make this, you know, Bermuda into really a well-rounded destination. So next on my list is a city um, that I haven't been to in a, several years, and it has just boomed and grown. And it's actually a city that I have a lot of family from um, on my mom's side, is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is actually one of the most under, underrated cities in America right now, and uh, they like to, to dub it the Berg. Um, it is uh, just hopping with restaurants and hotels and, and cultural activities, including uh, the recently opened, I think in the last couple of years, they recently opened Andy Warhol Museum, which is, you know, that's cool, really great pop art there. Um, but they also have a lot of really go- cool hipster hotels like the Ace Hotel uh, that opened there in the last couple of years. Um, and, and that's really in the heart of the city. And, and Pittsburgh is a great city to really, it, it, you can get around really easy. Um, and it, it's centrally located. There's a lot of places that are centrally located. Um, they have really good, great bridges. And, and, and of course, they have, it's a great sports town. Um, even though I'm not the biggest fan, even though my family's from there, I'm not the biggest fan of the Steelers. Uh, but I love the Pirates and the, and the Penguins for hockey. Um, and, and all the, the stadiums are really close to, to each other and, and really centrally located. And uh, so it's a city I've been really wanting to get back. Like I said, I have uh, roots there. So I've really wanted to, to get back there. Um, they also have a lot of really great restaurants, like I mentioned before. They have well, award-winning restaurants there, uh, including the Butcher and the Rye, uh, an- another restaurant called The Cure, which is all about pork and meat and such. And then they also have another place called Taco, a Mexican restaurant uh, spelled with a, a K. Uh, and, and the list just goes on and on. And there's there's new restaurants and new hotels opening all the time in Pittsburgh. So I, you know, if, if you're near the area if you're in the east coast i think it's a city that you would just really dig and like i said it's a city i've been wanting to get back for uh in a while now yeah i've actually never been there um prefer not to go when it's like negative eight out or whatever however crazy cold it was this last weekend but um but yeah there's definitely a lot of um press about you know pittsburgh and and the the changing kind of cultural scene that's going on there yeah, I mean, they went through a you know big crisis, uh, closing down a lot of their their manufacturing places. So and I think so. It's a what city like Detroit and others and Buffalo and whatever that uh, have really kind of re- rebound and and it's they, they call it the Rust Belt states. And you know they had a lot of manufacturing jobs, but now that a lot more entrepreneurs, a lot more cultural things have kind of moved into the area. So uh, it's definitely on my list uh, to get to, as I've mentioned many times. And I, so I think it should be on your. List. As well. So, uh, what do you have next on your list there? I actually don't have anything. You do? That's right. That's right. Next on my list and last on my list is uh, a place that I've been to several times. You've been a few times too, right? Honolulu, Hawaii. of course, there's many islands to go to in Honolulu, in Hawaii, uh, and Honolulu is the capital. Um, and uh, 
I've been a, a few different times. I love it every time. Every time I go to Hawaii, it's like you, you, as soon as you get off the plane, you have this, they have this really laid back vibe and, and, and it, you just kind of feel relaxed like before even not even doing anything. You know what I mean? Don't you kind of feel that way when you, when you come to Hawaii? Yeah. I mean, if, if you've never been to Hawaii, they do a lot of open air um, airports there. So you land on your plane and, you know, they bring up kind of the, what do they call it? Gangway. Yeah. And, you know, you walk down the stairs and you just get hit with that like tropical breeze. And there's, there's literally nothing like it. I mean, it really is like the cure for fear for stress. It's instant relaxation. And also Hawaii, there's no Zika either. So it's another, you know, great location for that. Yeah. And, Honolulu has kind of, kind of. They're always known for being more of the touristy places in, in Hawaii, but Waikiki and and even Honolulu have really kind of changed in the last several years. Uh, and one of the things that they've really done over there is that it's one of the the fastest growing art scenes in the country. Uh, Honolulu is, and there's so there's so many uh, lofts and uh, exhibits. And studios that have and pop up, in, including a lot of festival art festivals that they have, and they have a really big art festival coming up this year. Actually, a few different art festivals coming up this year uh, in 2017. Um, and they also opened a new hotel called the Surf Jack Hotel and Swim Club. And I just recently read about this, and this place sounds really cool. It's an art centric hotel that. Uh, actually has art throughout the, the local artists throughout the hotel including in the restroom it's <laughs> it's designed and everything and the, but the one thing I, I I read about this but I went oh I've seen that on Instagram they actually have a mural at the bottom of their pool that says wish you were here and I'm like oh I've seen that on Instagram and then when I read this article about Honolulu I went oh, okay cool yeah I really want to check that out um, so if you're, if you're really into art and cultural things, I think Honolulu, Honolulu just should be on your list no matter what, you know what I mean? It, it is, it is a great, a great city. They have a great food scene and, and now with this great art scene there, and then they also have a lot of, uh, really, uh, interesting places to go check out music as well. Yeah. And actually two of probably maybe three of my most favorite things to do in Honolulu. One is to take a hike up the volcano and you can actually hike all the way up. It is a little bit treacherous. Um, not that you're going to fall or anything, but there's kind of steep steps, but it is worth it. The view is incredible that you can see over Honolulu. So like at sunset or sunrise. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. it's amazing. You're definitely going to break a bit of a sweat, but that's okay. Um, number two thing, um, is the Dole Pineapple Factory. Yeah. You can rent a car and go there and you can have an amazing Dole Whip and go in the maze. And it's just, I mean, pineapple tastes better in Hawaii. And it, you, if you don't believe me, you have to actually go to Hawaii and taste the pineapple. It is so true. It just tastes fresher and there's something about it. I, I don't know if it's because it's grown there and not, you know, exported yet, but it just, it tastes amazing. So that's definitely a good experience. And the last is one of my favorite restaurants, which everyone thinks I'm crazy, but there's a place in Waikiki called Cheeseburger in Paradise, and it is literally one of the best cheeseburgers, and it is in paradise, and there's there's nothing like it after you've gotten a little, you know, toasty from being out in the sun all day to go hang out at Cheeseburger in Paradise. It's, it's a cheap meal, but it's super good, and, you know, you can have a hamburger and a beer or a cold drink, and, uh, you know, just kind of, you know... Um, just kind of, you know, sit back and uh, watch, you know, Waikiki life go by. Yeah, well, I think any 
cheeseburger or burger you're eating there in, in which is in paradise right it's, they're all they're all cheeseburger in paradise but that place is known for their their awesome uh cheeseburgers so so that's our list so that's our list for 2017 um we could keep going on and on so many other magazines sometimes have 50 places to go to um but this was our seven that we thought oh you know these are interesting we want to share this with you with you guys we'll have the links up on on the website as well uh and on in the podcast and stuff so but also send us your list send us you're like, hey, I'm going to go here, and I've never heard of this place, or I've never been to this place, but I want to go here, whether it's Iceland or someplace in the U.S. or someplace, you know, in, in Europe or Asia, you know, places like that. Uh, send us, uh, you know, some comments and say, hey, I want to go here, or have you heard of this? Or, or you know, if you're interested in, in a guide or whatever, you know, or some tips, you know, on those places, you know, if I haven't been there, uh, we could definitely do some research and, and send you that. Yeah, as always, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Shauna Game, Instagram at Millennial underscore money, and here's to happy traveling. Whatever you're saving up for. A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.